Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Big Vag Energy Podcast. I'm Chess. And I'm Alex. And we're really excited to have you join us on this journey where we have raw conversations tackling the dominant issues women face today. In today's episode, we're going to talk transparently about the music industry. Dubbed still a boys club, the overwhelmingly male-dominated sector is far from gender parity. From the imbalance of women on the charts the lack of women behind the scenes to most recently and very notably in today's music festival lineups. We've brought in an incredible guest speaker to share her experiences working in the industry and talk to her about what progress looks like. Jess Camilleri is an exceptionally talented sound engineer, musician, songwriter, and arranger. After starting out as a runner at Strongroom Studios, she now works all over London in the UK, assisting and engineering for established international artists such as MIA, Rudimental, and Mahalia. She especially loves working closely with up-and-coming artists and has recorded and mixed records for Lucene, All Day Breakfast Cafe, Dat Brass, and many more in the exciting South London jazz scene. Yes, I am buzzing. I worked with Jess a few times and I love her. She's so talented. Also, this is an exciting episode for me as I am. For those who don't know, I'm a singer, songwriter and an artist. My main job within the music industry, um, it's I've got so much to talk about since, you know, this is what I do every day. It's been a challenge seeing as I'm a five foot immigrant woman trying to rise to the top of music and I have my stories, you know. One of the hardest parts is trying to get people to take me seriously. The amount of times I've had meetings with managers, labels and supposed professionals that have had ulterior motives is just Honestly, it's heartbreaking. I left my home country and family to conquer the world, not to go out on a date with you, mate. Like, can't you see that? (laughs) I think it's pretty disrespectful and downright frustrating. It's this perpetual cycle of considering sacrificing your morals and ethics to get somewhere or, you know, trying to stick to your guns. And I know tons of female singers and artists who humor men's flirtation to get the job, but personally, I just can't do it. My face doesn't lie (laughs) and my values are way too strong for this kind of thing. I even had an instance where a music agent wouldn't stop asking me out. So after many polite responses, I had to say a downright straight no, I'm not interested kind of thing. So then he stopped booking me for gigs. It's infuriating and I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen to male musicians and artists. It's It really is infuriating. I mean, I've witnessed this happen to you firsthand mm. where I remember taking you to an event industry networking party um, a few years ago. And we met this guy who represented entertainers for venues that I had worked with, right? And the two of you guys exchanged contact info. It was so clearly a business exchange uh, in hopes that maybe he could represent you at venues that Mm -hmm. I've worked with. And then that way I can kind of book you as well, you know? But anyways, uh, his follow-up, I remember you were quite obviously in like naturally (laughs) disappointed by the way he followed up with you which was you know ask him asking you out and wanting nothing else to do with you professionally I mean it's you know you you talked about humoring these things and 
it's not something to be humoring full stop it's sad that women feel that maybe in certain instances some women I should say um, need to resort to that because mm. I, I get it it's it's really difficult to to get to the top of your industry and be in that 20% of female artists featured in the charts or be within that 2% of female producers talking about these really small percentages I've just come off of a week-long camp with just women so the whole camp yeah the whole camp was female producers um top liners instrumentalists and it's so rare that the producer the top liner and the instrumentalist is of are are, are women so that was Mm. so nice and and it was just like finally we could feel comfortable and we could all come together and show that we can do this together and we don't necessarily need that permission from other people and um it's we we deserve so much more recognition like we can do this and i'm I'm so determined to to make this happen Mm -hmm. and in general women are doing well in the charts right now i mean you have cardi b doja cat ariana grande dua lipa and olivia rodrigo all great artists with great songs and they have very strong personalities but despite this it's still men who are on the show and, and dominate mm. as a ratio it's very uneven not to mention it must be even harder for women of color yeah um as a consumer of music is kind of this apparent to you or yeah definitely i mean i remember with the what was i think 2019 brit awards there was just this complete disregard mm. for female british musicians where out of I think it was 25 possible nominations. Only one went to female. um, And then one to Sam Smith, who's Mm. non-binary. You know, there was a statement that came out with the listed nominations. um, And it basically said, "Don't, don't blame us. It's the record companies who are at fault. And they just completely shifted the responsibility. But, you know, when you also look at the biggest selling singles and albums of 2019, there is just such a distinct paucity of female artists. Crazy. And it's not like there was a lack of female talent to celebrate and choose from to start with. Like Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now was a global hit at the time. So to have excluded it as it's like blatantly choosing to only celebrate male artists. And this also cements that white males become the only ones profiting in the industry and they continue to be the only people highlighted and therefore promoted and marketed and it's just angering yeah completely and you know with the brit awards because of the backlash that they Mm. got that year the 2021 brit awards did you did you watch that i did yeah yeah me too yeah i made a point (laughs) um but there was just such a stark contrast uh with a ton of women celebrated and you were talking about dula lipa you know she won female solo artists and has now you know cemented herself as one of the uk's most successful and critically acclaimed pop stars Mm -hmm. and then we have you know little mix who is the first all-female band to win the british group awards Mm -hmm. uh and uh one of the girls in the band or ladies in the band lee and pinnock stated when she got the award uh Mm -hmm. it's not easy being a female in the uk pop industry uh we've seen the white male dominance the misogyny the sexism and lack of diversity we're proud of how we stuck together stood our ground, surrounded ourselves with strong women, 
and are now using our voice more than ever. But I love that. Mad? Like, of course, I'm not taking it away from Little Mix at all, but even the Spice Girls, who are globally known, you go to China, people know who the Spice Girls are. They didn't even win it. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, but on the flip side, like I was really happy to see, and that was surprising and quite genuine. I think it was great to see Haim. I think Haim. I don't really know how to say. It. I yeah. really love the band. <laughs> I think it's Haim. I always say Haim in my head, but then Haim at Haim. Um, to win the international group award, and they are literally the first all-female group to do that in almost twenty years since Destiny's Child in two thousand and two. Another thing was. Arlo Parks won Best Breakthrough Artist. Billie Eilish won International Female. Pop singer Griff, who I also love, won the Rising Star Award. And Taylor Swift became the first woman to receive the Global Icon Award, previously won by David Bowie, Elton John, and uh, Robbie Williams. And th- this was an- another great thing as well, I, that that she won this, because, again, madness that she was the first. But anyway, she said, um, there is no career path that comes free of negativity when she received the award if you're met with uh, resistance that probably means that you're doing something new so this was really refreshing Mm. inspiring um and game-changing to be honest i'm glad that we are starting to call out these organizations to treat everyone equally because look with the pressure they actually they're doing it. They're making changes. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, it's not just with the Brit Awards, but mm. we've seen it with the Grammys where there's been that lack of representation, not just with women, but people mm. of color. Uh, you know, the the CEO, um, Neil Portnow, I think is how you pronounce it. Mm. Anyways, uh, he, was, he used to be the CEO of the Recording Ad Academy, and he came out with a statement that said uh, women should step up quote unquote if they want recognition right like (laughs) that is so crazy i mean that makes me angry but i don't want to get too deep into the politics of it but these award shows are so unashamedly rigged um but they can only go so far without anyone realizing that black and as they call urban artists are on a long losing streak for example and the one that sticks out i know this is mostly like a podcast about females and and women um but after hours by the weekend for example was such a huge and critically Mm. acclaimed album but it received no nominations Mm -hmm. to me that's appalling he basically instigated the new trend of using throwback sounds from the 80s music into 2020 to which everybody followed like he literally started that trend um so no wonder he's boycotting the grammys and here's what he said he said um i won't submit music to the grammys due to an ongoing lack of trust in the awards despite a recent change to the voting rules and last year he called organizers corrupt after his album after hours failed to receive a single nomination again mm. it, uh, that song dun, 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 yeah blinding lights i mean come Love on it. what a jam like it to me it just no i agree i and going back to that you know that guy the ceo i was telling you about i mm-hmm. mean he was after he made that that disgusting statement uh he was yep. subsequently uh fired forced to step down Good. uh and replaced by this uh, woman, Deborah Dugan. And I was just taking a look at this the other day and doing some some deep dive research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she's been fired now because she allegedly bullied a female colleague. But what? yeah, she's now countering with this 44-page legal 
complaint alleging sexual harassment and voting corruption within the academy and stating egregious conflicts of interest and talking, you know, that boys club mentality um, that that's pervasive that, you know, we're touching on here. So she was uh, said she was ousted after raising concerns ranging from voting regularities, which you, you kind of touched on with um, mm. what the weekend was was, you know, Going through. Going through. Um, and uh, alleged rape by the that Neil uh, oh, yeah. predecessor. So anyways, we've seen changes in the awards mm. process, as you said. Um, the secret committees that select which acts <laughs> get nominated for the awards is now scrapped. And they've moved Woo-hoo. to Recording Academy um saying the nominations for the 2022 awards Mm -hmm. would be decided by its entire voting membership over 11,000 people rather than those like anonymous 50 to maybe 30 expert people I'm excited yeah me too this is fantastic I'm excited but I don't want to be like too excited because you never know at the same time but it could be because sometimes you watch and you just know you just it's so predictable and it's not fun anymore no so I want to I want I want the underdog to win I want the good people even even the people with the good songs not even they win sometimes yeah you know and I mean you and I have talked at length about how do we create change when it comes to equality because there's been times where it feels it does feel a bit hopeless and like things are are never gonna improve right but here you know we've seen two examples with two uh renowned award shows that have started making massive improvements and it's because I think you know People are fed up. The public are being vocal. They're demanding changes and they're wanting accountability and it's it's working. I just hope it's not a phase because like we were talking the other day on the phone, right? And we were saying how happy we are that this change is happening. But then you kind of brought me down to earth and you were saying, yeah, but it's because they were called out. And it's just like, it's kind of a, I don't know, bittersweet thing. But mm. I'm, I'm glad it's happening. But then it's just like, it's because they had to. And will it continue? Or are they going to be like, oh, guys, you know, we've we've done your thing now. So I mean, I think, no, yeah, nothing's going to change until people keep mm. uh, fighting for accountability and, and vocalizing that. Otherwise, people are going to just keep trying to get away with it. Exactly. The Everybody's voice matters. And it's mm. important to keep vocalizing all the time keep pushing for that change and as we know as outspoken women we do get pushed back for that but i value change more than someone's judgment yeah 100 percent. and on that note i'm really excited to hear from jess uh who's our guest today and get your insight as well <laughs> uh into your firsthand experiences within the music industry And with that, we want to introduce to you the one and only Jess Camilleri. Welcome, Jess. Thank you for joining us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's so lovely to meet you, Jess. Uh, to kick off, we would love to know about how you got into the music industry and hear a bit more about what you do. Oh, okay. So I got into the music. I guess I've always been a musician, so I always used to like do the pub circuit and gig mm-hmm. and stuff. And then... I think when I was choosing my A-levels, I was kind of, I wanted to do kind of like maths and also music. And my music teacher just assumed that I wanted to go into engineering. So that's kind of how I discovered that engineering existed. I 
started applying like wherever I could for university to like study it as a degree thankfully thankfully got into a really really good course and then just like studied my ass off for like four years um and then yeah like while I was there I just kind of like realized how much I loved it how much like it's just what I wanted to do was be behind the desk and be kind of the one like supporting musicians while they're creating their thing yeah you're um, so good at that by the way thank you <laughs> um and yeah then I just like when, once I was I think maybe like a year before I graduated I started just emailing like every studio in London being like please can we set up a meeting I really want to work in engineering I'll do the tea mm-hmm. I'll clean the toilets whatever <laughs> um and then yeah eventually found strong room amazing and great we, studio ah it's so beautiful I love it I remember the first time I walked in I was like oh, please can I work here? <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah and then I was I was their runner for about a year so I was um making the teas and just kind of looking after the rooms cleaning the studios um you know getting like flowers and fruit bowls ready for the clients wow um, and now I've kind of graduated to being a freelancer so I still work very very closely with strong room but also um a couple of other places around London and just like out of home as well as a mixer so yeah You've it's kind of like it. bits and pieces but yeah. somehow adds up to pay the bills which is nice <laughs> no I mean you don't you don't really well obviously and it's so cool to hear about you starting all the way from the bottom and making tea and fruit bowls and all of this and now you're doing what you set out to do so that's really really cool um yeah good good inspiring stories so Alex has a, a good question about it actually yeah, so we love to celebrate female wins, and I just want to know what is your proudest moment in your career? Whoa, um, that's a big <laughs> question. I think it's hard to narrow it down. I think there's there's moments that I'm proud of for different reasons. Um, obviously, like there are some. I think maybe the first session I end I ever properly engineered on was quite a proud moment because it was like I was booked as an assistant. Um. And then at like 1am, they were just like, we want to (laughs) record. We want to record this and that. And they were asking for a really kind of like a setup that I had never heard of before. And I just realized that I like couldn't text anybody or like get anybody to help me. So it was like, right, guess I'm an engineer now. (laughs) Um, Depend. And so, yeah, getting that to actually work and like keeping the client happy and making sure the session could like flow still and not let on how terrified I was. It was quite a proud moment. Um, But I think every time, this is gonna sound so corny, I'm sorry, but like every time you kind of get the trust of an artist, and especially a singer as well, because I think singing is so personal, Mm. um, Mm. that just feels really good. And I'm, I'm always really like humbled and grateful for that trust and like once you get the sense that someone's comfortable in your presence doing something quite vulnerable I think that's really really cool and I'm always really proud of that 
Oh, that's so cute. And it's not corny at all. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's so cute. And and to be honest, Jess, I've only worked with you like a couple of times, but I tell the entire world how much I love you. Like oh, you, you, you. you make me feel so at home and comfortable and like I don't have to prove anything. And the thing is, you're not like a sycophant or anything where you're just bigging me up for nothing. But at the same time, you've got good ideas and you're quite straightforward. And I really appreciate how you're very good at your job, but at the same time, it's there's no ego, but also there's no like, how, how do you say you don't, you're kind of sure, sure of yourself, which really helps a singer when <laughs> they're in the studio and they need to have some direction. So, oh, so yeah, um, can't wait for everyone to hear the songs that we're doing together, to be honest. Oh my gosh, me neither. Fire. <laughs> and it definitely sounds like you've had an incredible career in a wide range of, of different roles. Uh, you know, Chess and I touched on earlier the percentages of women within the music industry that get increasingly smaller when you get into roles like sound engineering mm. and, and producing. Uh, yeah. Can you talk to us about what your experience has been like working in a male dominant sector? Um, it's been mixed. <laughs> no. Um, I think I'm super, super lucky. Strong Room in particular, I think we have one of the highest proportions of female engineers. Mm. Okay, um, cool. That's fantastic. In Love fact, that. I think we are majority female at the moment on the studio what? team, which is really, really, really cool. Mm. Um, and it does really help with that sense of like solidarity and like feeling at home in your industry when you're not the only one or you're never really made to feel like oh, yeah. a token because it's just like it's so normal to see women walking around doing the technical work at a strong room absolutely and I think when you have other women that you get to work alongside I mean for me anyways there it, it's, it's just that you have people that are inspiring you in that sense and can maybe mentor you as well um definitely you know yeah. I think most of the like there are some sessions you come away from and you feel like you've done like a month's worth of learning in like a day and pretty much every time I've had that experience it's been under the supervision of a female engineer and a female producer awesome. um because I, I just feel like a couple of people in specific in particular um I worked quite closely with an engineer called Grace Banks who works at Strong Room as well and she's so free and forthcoming with information that there's no kind of like guarding of information or a sense of competition it's just like everybody learning from everybody which is um, how it should be everyone supporting everyone and uplifting everyone and trying very to very rare though <laughs> yeah <laughs> no so I think rare. there's that sense of threat it's really interesting to see sometimes sometimes the reaction from I'm going to be very specific in my language some men not all men <laughs> um there can be kind of a perceived threat when they see like all of these women coming up the ladder um and I've definitely experienced a kind of like a just a kind of general vibe of like competition and maybe a little bit of defensiveness um that just so rarely exists when it's all women in the room because I think we're all we're all rooting for each other in that situation. Which yeah, makes and, really different. and it's funny to think sometimes that 
other people might be intimidated and it's funny that they'd be more comfortable if if a man was in charge or by default a man was in charge because i think it's people's mentality wherever this false hierarchy has stemmed from it like every time i organize a gig or a show i do it from beginning to the end including like hiring the musicians but when we get to the actual event people go up to one of the male instrumentalists to introduce themselves and ask questions i mean I love my guys, but they don't, <laughs> they, they don't know anything that's been going on. Like I've been there for like three months answering phone calls of this and I have to go in being like, hi, yes, I'm the one who's done your entire organization. And they all just seemed like really surprised. And when they see a girl, I don't know, this probably has happened to you before, but they just think of you as just the singer. Like, oh, you're a girl, you're the singer. I mean yes I am in my case but in your case you're not and a lot of the time I have female instrumentalists and it's just it's like come on um and it's not to mention that finding female instrumentalists is tougher than finding male instrumentalists I mean I feel like it's because girls don't always have the confidence or courage to put themselves forward which is sad but true I mean, I remember the first time I met you, you knew exactly what you were meant to be doing. You were so calm and confident. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. So we were wondering if you have any advice for women out there who feel like they have to prove themselves, like like we were saying. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I've quite cracked it yet. Um, mm, seems like you have. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I would say like... There's a lot of, I, th I think a pattern that I notice is women will not, oh God, this is generalizing horrifically, but in my experience, the, the women that I've encountered in the industry um, will not front like they're an expert on something unless they know the concept inside so out. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I feel like so sometimes true. like I've had conversations with uh, male peers and it's taken me about half an hour to realize that they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, you're really good at sounding like you know what you're talking about. Um, and it's it's difficult because I don't I don't think that's the way either. I think yeah. in a way, sometimes we kind of like push women to act more traditionally masculine and more like headstrong and super ballsy and it's like I don't know whether that's even how we should be encouraging men to behave no we shall not. it's something that Chess and I want to touch in on another episode is this sense of of a confidence gap um and and obviously said and it's been statistically even shown through yeah. research that men are able to yeah like you said big themselves up in situations even when it comes to for example applying for jobs you know men statistically speaking um will apply not feeling maybe feeling i don't know like let's say 80 percent qualified for the job uh whereas a female needs to feel like she's a hundred percent qualified for the job to apply for it and then obviously yes. who's going to get it it's going to be the guy who was maybe like 70 80%. yeah 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 but it's the sense of confidence for sure and i think also you know i think we are as women and i think this this applies to kind of um 
gender non-conforming people and, and um, non-binary people as well, we feel like we're so much more likely to be tested in our knowledge and that we have to be ready. I feel like we are though. I feel like, I feel like if you have a tall, I don't know, older man, by default almost for some reason we think, oh my gosh, he knows what he's talking about. But a young girl yeah. maybe do feel like you have to prove yourself. So are you saying basically just to have the confidence and go for it other than question yourself? Is that what you're trying to go by? I think for me, I like to make sure that I'm like the knowledge that I have, I'm very comfortable in, but also I'm, I try and be open and honest about what I don't know. I think that's another thing that is just fine to do is if someone asks you a question, you just say, I actually don't know. I'm not an expert in this. Let me find out and get back to you. I've never found to my knowledge that I've been treated badly because of that. Um, I've actually always found generally people are kind of respectful of that and they trust you more because they know that you're not going to pretend that you're an expert on something that you maybe don't know so much about. That Thanks, Jess. That is like such good advice it's, it's simple but it's good to remember absolutely right? and are there any kind of specific instances or roadblocks or struggles that that you've faced along in in your career and can you tell us a bit about how you maybe overcame those instances I think some of them I'm still overcoming <laughs> like every everybody is I think it's a myth that you get to a point where it's like, okay, now I have, I have made it professionally and I can just do my thing from here on out. Um, I think, yeah, every, every day I'm kind of trying to figure out the best way for me to tackle these things. Um, one of them is, like I was saying before, like a lack of trust in my skills. I think it can be an uphill battle sometimes, especially when you've just met your clients. It, it takes some clients a little while to warm up to you and to trust that you know what you're doing. I've also got a little bit of a baby face, so that I think compounds you it. Do. They're just like, why is this teenager in the studio? <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, I think like part of the ways I've got around that is actually being really honest when I'm not an expert in something. Mm. Um, so then when I'm doing something and I'm saying, yeah, I know how to do this, I think they can feel more confident that I do know what I'm talking about. It's not fair that that's only applied to, that that scrutiny is only applied to women. But I think that rather than it being something that women have to just, you know, be more confident and and act more like they know everything even when they don't, I think it's something that like everybody in the industry can probably be a little bit more uh, like humble about and just kind of go, yeah, it's a huge industry. There is so much to know. And I know like this one small section of it. It almost reminds me of that <laughs> imposter syndrome that a lot of, pe I think, people feel. Mm -hmm. mm. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, hugely. I think, yeah. And that's the thing. I think when, when, when you're open about what you don't know, it doesn't just help you. It helps the people who are observing you. Because, you know... A huge part of my imposter syndrome came from seeing everybody look like they've got it sorted. Mm. <laughs> Need to be honest and be like, bro, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? And it helps everyone. Literally. <laughs> but it's but it's building trust by doing that. And you're, you know, you've got this is why you're you're 
so successful in what you do you know you're know how to build relationships and that's all about having that transparent communication yeah for sure and I think like a lot of the artists that I've worked with don't appreciate the dynamic of like the engineer or the 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 person in the studio is the expert and you have to do what they say like I think that's generally quite an old-fashioned way of running a session is to have like the dude at the desk shouting at everybody (laughs) but speaking about that Jess I know this question might sound a bit old-fashioned because it's kind of what used to happen back in the day but maybe it still does have you ever had a situation where you weren't given the correct credit for your work or not given the recognition even though you've been involved and just because maybe you're not uh, the dude at the desk giving orders you've not been credited like has that is that a thing yeah I think I think that's a that's a problem in the industry that affects everybody um it's famously bad especially if you're you know at a lower level if you're an assistant it's like I think I've maybe been credited for one in a hundred sessions I've assisted on. Oh my God, that's <gasps> terrible. Um, it gets better once you once you get up to kind of like engineering and mixing especially, like it does get better. But, um, you know, especially because I work to represent the studio often and I don't have existing relationships with the A&Rs and the labels. So they have to actively like search to find my name and find who engineered or assisted that session and you know they're busy too so (laughs) it's it's often like lucky if you do get a credit which is frustrating but it is um, yeah because you 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 do your job properly and 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 you deserve that credit and and recognition (laughs) yeah there's nothing more to it Taking it into another direction here with the conversation, have there been any individuals in the industry that have, we kind of touched on this earlier, but supported and helped you get to where you are now? Oh, too many to name, really. I think all of the women at Strong Room, I would say, in particular, um have been incredible and kind of the the people who are on the same level as me at the moment career-wise we're kind of coming up together and there's always a real sense of like we can ask each other anything we share knowledge really freely um and so people like uh Fee Roberts, Taylor Pollock, um Romero Abraham, Sophie Ellis like there's so many women coming up right now who are just wicked I think like like we mentioned earlier Grace Banks I've learned phenomenal amounts from she is just incredible she she works a lot with a producer called Marta Saloni um who I remember her winning an award for like breakthrough engineer of the year when I was still studying and I was like wow she's amazing and I actually got to assist her and Grace together for like two weeks on an album recording And that was just, I mean, I was embarrassing. I was so starstruck, but (laughs) that was a really, really cool uh, experience and a massive, massive learning experience. And I think, yeah, just everybody who's been so 
open with their knowledge and patient with me while I'm learning like I think that's so important because then also you know how I mean you know how much that's impacted you and made a difference for you so you will obviously I'm sure be doing the same for younger women that come into your industry Mm. and try and help and ensure that you know they're developing themselves and getting you know the most out of the opportunities and and rising to the top yeah I think now like I'm just getting to the situation where every now and again I would need an assistant on a session and um I think it's really one of the main things that I really try and focus on is just making sure I can pay them because that's like not always the case (laughs) like I think a lot of people will bring an assistant on and act like it's kind of a favor to the assistant and it's like oh well you're getting experience so come and shadow me they say come and shadow me on this session and then you end up doing hard work for 16 hours um so I kind of think like okay I remember the time when I decided that I wasn't gonna do unpaid work anymore and so now I feel like I need to decide that I'm not gonna give unpaid work yeah that's that's awesome and like with that because you are in that position and you're now giving that position right how can we get more women involved and put them at the forefront of the industry because we know the talent is there we know people want to be doing this but they're not at the forefront to have so obviously you've just mentioned a really good way of doing it by if you have an assistant try and maybe get a female in like pay them you know do really well but anything else on that um I mean I think yeah I think that but on a large scale right Mm -hmm. it's like I can't I can't as an individual no one as an individual can be responsible for turning the tide on these things but I think if everybody is consciously thinking okay you know I want say a producer could say I want my next assistant to be a woman Mm. um and consciously go out and look for a woman which I know is controversial and a lot of people say that that's you know whatever but I think the the number of men who don't realize that they have been hired because they are men (laughs) without it having to be said yeah without it having to be said it's just like well uh, but it's said in subtle ways it's said like oh he fits the vibe you know it's like he he gets on with the lads and it's like yes because he is a man and the controversy and you pointed out I think my response to that because I've, I've definitely had this debate loads of times where people mm. are saying oh but what if the the man is more qualified if you work hard enough you can find a female that is equally qualified and motivated to get yeah. the job done and do it right definitely but also how did that man get to the point where he was more qualified exactly mm-hmm. through all of those decisions <laughs> to hire him right so sometimes I think you know Maybe you do need to accept that it might be harder to find a woman qualified to the same level or with the same amount of experience because the opportunities don't exist to the same extent and you have to create those opportunities. I think it's like people saying, oh, just pick the most talented person. How do you get talented? Mm -hmm. And Jess, with the talking about opportunities I know we've been like 
both posting about this on on Instagram, like furious about the festival situation, mm. like finding that ninety percent of the lineups are male acts, artists, bands, whatever. And it's so shocking that in this day and age, female acts are not given the same opportunity or importance as their male counterparts. And it's just belated. So, what do you think the problem is? Why are we still doing this? To be honest. I think it I think there's a lot of small problems that add up. Okay. Um but I don't think I'd even be able to name all of them. I'm not as I'm like vaguely aware of what happens with labels and A&Rs and bookers and that side of the industry, but I'm much more experienced with with how it is to be a technician rather than an artist. Um but I do think the the main motive of of the music industry as a whole is to make money right and if they are booking these washed up dudes on their festival lineups and then people are still buying tickets um why would you change yeah why would you why would you specifically say oh we're gonna book uh 50 50 men and women Mm. or 50 50 men and not men to be more specific i've attended a fair amount of music festivals and i never really considered the lineups until i saw what was going on specifically with wireless music festival here in london a few years back um Mm. and i remember it was criticized for its lack of female artists with literally only three women across 37 acts yeah and you know, there was obviously an uproar and controversy following that. So I believe the following year, they then created an all-female stage. Which, which is ridiculous. It shouldn't. That shouldn't have to be a thing. Why do you have to have a female stage? Like, just have an equal lineup? Yeah. And like, like we were saying before, because Alex and I were talking, if you have, uh, like, for example, if there's a woman who's, a fire firefighter you always have to say female firefighter or you always have to say female ceo but it's really just a firefighter it's really just a ceo and the best thing right alex would be to just put them on the same stage yeah and i think for me as someone who i work in events also there's some responsibility there with the festival organizers who should be consciously creating a balanced lineup in the first place without having to have a stage dedicated to it and I think in this instance with wireless, it was clearly this PR stunt to placate everyone because here we are, 2021, and guess what? The lineup is 9% women this year. So bad. It's infuriating to see these people who are curating these music festivals just choosing to ignore what people are demanding. People want to see, you know, more women on the stage. Like, listen to your audience. Better yet, be better and give <laughs> diverse people more opportunity to have their music seen and heard and to grow their audience. They have the power, right? So if they have the power to change this, sorry, but why aren't they? And I know you're going to say money, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like, come on. And it's this domino effect, right? Because for me as an attendee, the reason I go to music festivals is not just to see my favorite artists. It's also to learn about new ones. So yeah, by only course. putting male artists in front of me, I'm actively having them to go out of my way and discover female music uh, myself elsewhere, which is harder to do. And let's be honest, not everyone is going to take that time to do that. No, no, definitely not. People are just going to take what's in front of them and it's going to be 
perpetual, uh, you know, more male-dominated, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a cycle, isn't it? It's like, you know, the the... The men get booked in the festivals, which means people see them, which means people listen to them, which means that more men get mm-hmm. signed because men do well. Mm-hmm. And it's they that, make more money than women. And they make more money. Exactly. <laughs> vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. Um, oh my God. Yeah. And that cycle has to be broken somewhere. But yeah, I also, I, I fully agree with the, I think this Women's Day was just mad. Like seeing uh, companies, which I won't, I won't, name obviously but seeing companies that I have worked for for free turn around and say happy women's day we love women we love this we love that women in the industry go 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 and it's just like come on like this is the most low effort marketing at this point it's just like ticking the boxes so that people can feel like good people for using that business and at some point it has to go beyond Instagram posts. Literally, we, we, we accept Instagram posts as activism. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, these, these people are okay. Let me go work for them. Oh, actually, they expect me to work for free. Great. Literally. Um, but in a more inspiring little angle, we're going to ask you, like, what's because you have a cool job people pay you to do cool things like it's great right so can you give us a little bit of an insight um into what it's like recording some of the best voices in the uk pop music today because that's ultimately that that is what you do and for someone listening who might think oh i can't do that that's too hard or that's i've never seen a girl do that before can you just like (laughs) can you just tell us a bit more about it um one thing to say is recording like top class singers is easier (laughs) that's the first thing it's so funny in this industry like as you get more advanced your job gets easier in a lot of ways because you're working with uh people who are established who've honed their craft over decades some people so yeah it's it's a dream working for some of some of these like really established singers that are just such experts so if you could give one message to the industry on how to better support gender balance, what would it be? Hire people and pay them. Oh, yeah. Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> They're two I different things, right? Yeah. Sadly, yes. Shouldn't be. Mm. Um, but I think, I think, you know, there are complex dynamics and there's, you know, there's a lot of complexity in the way that um, women are treated in these roles that aren't traditionally feminine roles. But I do think sometimes it is a little bit overcomplicated by some people. And it really is as easy as just, and this this applies across the board. I think this applies along uh, class and race and sexuality and everything. It's just like hire lots of people who have that identity and then make sure they can pay their rent. Yeah. Jess, what does being a feminist mean to you? That is just like a, what do you call it? Um, a wild card? Is that, that's a what, is that what a wild card Ooh. is, Alex? It's a big question. Well, uh, yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> wild card. Wild card. Wild card <laughs> question, Jess. What does a feminist, being a feminist mean to you? I think being a feminist 
is supporting all women, all of them, every single one. Um, and I think that entails recognizing where women have different struggles than you as well. Um, so I think I think being a feminist means that by extension, you are anti-homophobia, you are anti-racist, you are anti-classism, um, you are in support of trans women, in support of sex workers. I think that it, you can't pick and choose. If you're a feminist, you support all of it, every single kind of woman. That would be the I dream. I love that. Yeah, 100%. Um, and before we close off where can people follow you and get in touch with you Ooh. and hire you and <laughs> learn more about you and hire you what's the best way i do most of my business through instagram so you can find me at, at jess camilleri nope at jess.camilleri whoa <laughs> jess.camilleri that's yes j-e-s-s dot c-a-m-i-l Oh wow. <laughs> We're gonna link it in the description what, what anyways. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm Maltese and I should know that. Maltese women it. can't spell my name. We'll link it. It's just a common Larry on Instagram, guys. And if you need a female sound engineer, mix engineer, master engineer, she's your girl. Oh yeah. If you want a mastering engineer, uh hire my friend Taylor Pollock. Okay, there we are bigging up other <laughs> Love girls. it, supporting other women. <laughs> and on that note, uh Thank you so much, Thank Jess, you, yeah. for Fantastic. chatting with us today. It's been really lovely talking to you yeah. and uh, just getting your opinions on everything and just having such a, a great, transparent conversation. So, yeah, amazing. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.